Good morning, Gallahorn's two old bloggers. Go at it. Hey, everybody, it's Dave here and Darren from the Great White North, and we are two old bloggers. That's right, we're here to talk your Minnesota Vikings and some of the things that's happened since we've last been on, and it's been a while. Hey, Darren, how are you doing? Pretty good, Dave. Yourself? I am doing fabulous. It is a Sunday. I've had time to do nothing but relax, look at some football stuff, look at strength of schedule, things getting ready for the season. We had OTAs this last weekend, or this weekend, if you want to call it that, and I've I've ate it up. It's good to see the rookies out there. What do you think? Yeah, it is good to see the rookies. The only thing about the OTAs is everybody uh, who's got any passing knowledge of football goes is that they're running around in shorts and, and like T-shirts, and you really can't judge, really can't take much stock in anything that they're doing. But good that they're out there, and we know that the Vikings have signed six of the draft picks. At least that was what I saw a half an hour ago, including okay. Derisaw. Uh, and uh, Bynum, uh, Twyman was signed, Davidson. Um, and Nwongu's been signed, so that's six of. They got five more to sign. It looks like a, a lot of the third and fourth rounders are the guys that they still haven't signed yet, which is so. They, but they had a lot of those picks, so they're probably trying to figure out how they slot in and like and what what uh, like who gets that fifty uh, that one dollar more right in the rookie contract. But you know, I love the fact that they got Darisai in there and uh, signed up, and mm-hmm. and you know, it's not like the old days, Dave, where like ten years ago or you know more right. than that, where you know Bryant McKinney would you know holds out for half the year. Hey there, you never Trump. knew if you. Viking Jerome in early as well as Mary. Mary's multi multitasking. She said she was watching SDSU in the championship game, and she's apparently listening to us two to old us. farts. So love that. But Mary's always here for us, so we are happy with that. Yeah, yeah back OTA, in the old days OTA. when they had to negotiate and they would wait till like a week into the uh, training camp before they decided something that used to drive us crazy. Especially when they were negotiating the higher salaries and they hadn't taken a snap one. No, it was always kind of nerve wracking as a, a, you know, as a fan because you're like, oh yeah, we drafted so-and-so, he's going to fill this need. But then you don't know if he's actually going to fill a need. You don't even know if he's going to sign or play, play the year. And missing training camp or even part of training camp for rookies is pretty crucial when they haven't been through it before. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mary, you are talented. Speaking of the rookies that haven't signed, I'm sure all of them did the same thing Kellen Mond did, where they signed a uh, injury release deal where it's the Vikings cover any injuries while they continue to negotiate. And I'm sure everybody will be under, uh, everybody will be signed probably within the week and we won't have to worry about it. So it's a good thing. It is a good thing, good for the rookies because they actually get to work with the team and work with the coaches and uh, not have to sit around and just do their own workouts and you don't know uh, what the oversight is there. And and good for the good for the Vikings and the NFL teams too because they've got everybody in that they need to work with. Even more crucial now because of uh, even though things are getting back to normal, at least in a little bit more in the normal, I understand, in the U.S. as far as mm-hmm. – 
everyday living, but there, there's still a lot of COVID uh, protocols and processes that they have to go through and not as much. Uh, they're still not meeting with the coaches as far, I mean, in person, as far as I understand. No, like if they, you, like, if they are indoors. vaccinated, they are. Mm. It's, it's only if you're not vaccinated that uh, I know they got to wear the masks still if they're not vaccinated. But if they are vaccinated, the masks come off and they can fully resume normal. It is a step forward. They expect yep. that by July, I think it is, Minnesota is talking about 100% um, capacity in all the stadiums. So that will be good going into this season. Now, they also, I think, talked about um, who wears masks, who doesn't. And it right. all depends on whether you're vaccinated or not. But... Here, down here in the lower 48, we are working towards getting back to, quote, normal, which is good. And with the rookies in the in the meeting rooms, with the coaches, they're getting their hands on. We saw film of Kellen Mond this week working on his footwork. It looks a little different. That was one of his dings, so to say, uh, about him coming out in a draft was that was one of his areas he needed to work. So things are looking good. But let's talk about Kellen Mond. Yes, let's talk about Kellen Mond. The, uh, probably the most anticipated third-round draft pick in recent history for the yes. Vikings. Uh, and a big and where he kind of fits into what the Vikings, the Vikings quarterback plans are now and, and, and into the future. And he was a guy that was that we'd heard that was targeted, you know, a good fit for the Vikings. The Vikings were targeting him and it ended up being all that pre-draft noise was actually uh, proved to be true. The Vikings, uh, uh, there was even some talk that I think that Mon might go in the second round, which would have been pretty early for him. But when so many, like when you got five quarterbacks go in the fifth round or the fifth first. round, first round, first round, uh, and so many teams still looking for quarterbacks. Of course, that really upped the the demand for whoever else was left out there. Like there might have been another year, maybe Mond would have went in the fourth or fifth round this year. Right. Or went, on a shallow year, he might have gone in the yeah. second or possibly bottom of the first, depending on the depth of that particular year's draft class. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, uh, for Mond, I think that the uh, you know you were you were talking about how's that going to impact the Vikings quarterback situation, and it's not going to impact it this year. Uh, I don't think any of us want to see Mond play this year. We feel uh, that you know Cousins is going to be in there. He's pro- he's going to be in there in 2022, and unless something crazy happens, like there's some weird weird trade or something goes on, but post 2022, that's where it'll get interesting. You know that next year maybe even this year, the, there's already going to be the questions, okay, like, are you signing Cousins to another extension? What are you doing with him? Uh, that noise is going to get amped up more and more and more. And so really crucial for the, I think, 2022, after two years, I think, of looking at Mond and him and practice and preseason, and maybe he'll get a little bit of action and maybe a game that doesn't mean anything. Hopefully right. that's Hopefully we've that locked up the number one seed and – we can That's rest right, everybody yeah. in week 18 and he gets to play 
against the Chicago it's, Bears. Yes. It's not a situation like the Eagles had last year where they got right. Jalen Hurts in there and the and the and the because they they have to or that sort of a thing. And then I think after two years of seeing Mond and in preseason, in practices, maybe a little bit of games, I think they my feeling is that they should know if they've got somebody that's worthy of starting by then or not. And if it's a not, then you're going into 2022 either somehow looking to get trade for a QB that's kind of a bridge guy, or you're looking to draft a QB that in the 2000, you know, and then that draft coming up. And depending on where you're picking, you may be able to get your guy where you are, or you might have to trade up into the first round to get the guy that you want. That's we don't know where the Vikings are going to going to be at that situation, but that that's what I think the next two years is going to be. Obviously, it's going to be Cousins. He's going to be in there. He's going to be doing the Kirk He's Cousins starter, stuff, especially in twenty twenty one. He's our starter. Yes, he's now, been durable. He's 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 guy who doesn't miss games. Uh, Mon's going to be able to sit, and that's a good thing for him, and I think a good thing for the Vikings. But after twenty twenty two season, that's when uh, you know the 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 deci- big decision is going to be made. You re-sign Cousins, by then he'll be in his mid-30s. Not a young guy. You'll Is, is he a guy you want to re-sign and for the tail end of his 30s and you kind of just tread water with where you are or do you turn it over to Mond or do you go a whole different direction? Uh, I, it, I think it all depends ahead. on how well Kirk Cousins plays. Because for sure. If Kirk yeah. Cousins comes out and balls out this season. And this is one of the interesting things I love about this pick. Kirk Cousins now knows he has somebody beyond Sean Mannion that could actually play and take his spot, just like he did with RG3. Now, the question is, how does that motivate him? Does it motivate him like... uh, when Green Bay drafted last year and Aaron Rodgers goes out and has an MVP season, does he take that as motivation and says, screw it, I'm going to play the best I can, no holds bars, and goes out and has an MVP season? He is an underdog, but he is one of those that's already been talked as possibly having an MVP season. He would have to go out and do things that we don't consider necessarily Kirk Cousins-type things, and that's think off script and actually execute. If the Vikings have a very successful season, and by definition that's probably the NFC Championship at minimum, then the Vikings might come back to him and say, hey, we really need to do that extension. Can we do it to lower cap hits? He's already told them no for this year. Um, If he does not play well, if he takes it, in the opposite direction, starts out slow like he tends to do, then you'll be hearing screaming for Mond, but you'll also be hearing get rid of Cousins after this season. And then they'll try to trade him. They may eat the $10 million in dead money, right? But if another team takes Kirk Cousins, they save $30 million and then... That $30 million can go elsewhere to build up the team around Mond because we have already got that guy in the house. It's, it's a coin flip to me. I don't know which way it's going to go. Hopefully, 
Kirk Cousins has the best, again, the best season of his career because these last two years he statistically has, and he takes us to the big show. And then if we win the big show, hey, I'll design the statue, put it that way. Then we can sign him and go from there. But until that point or until the consistent NFC Championship, you know, always talked as a perennial Super Bowl contender, I think the Vikings may move off of Kirk as early as next year, but no later than what you said after 2022. I don't really see Cousins um, taking a step back as far as his play. I think... Last year was kind of like the uh, the year before was a little bit maybe atypical cousins in that he was pretty consistent the whole year and didn't you know the turnovers were down as far as interceptions go they were down historically to what he's averaged last year he kind of got it up on more what he's he normally does but it, they all came like in, in the first, first five four or five first yeah. five games and that pretty much screwed us and I think that that's just kind of that's kind of the that's Kirk Cousins for you, right? That's what it you're going to get. You're going to get four, you know, around high 3,000s, depending on how much we throw the ball. Uh, you know, high completion percentage, a lot of TDs, not a whole lot of interceptions, but not like Aaron Rodgers, two or three a right. year. But who does that anyway, right? Besides right. Rodgers. And so I don't really see how I think it's the, unless he gets hurt, Mond is not going to play in the night, these two years, and I'm okay with that. And we'll just have to see whether everybody else around Cousins makes up for his shortcomings and late game situations and pressure situations, so that we don't have as many of those situations, and we we can solve games away earlier. The the with Mon, the interesting thing is, I, I think we got to be frank and I, uh, with with mm-hmm. fans, and I think most Vikings fans know this, but really, Dave, you know, and I know, and most everybody out there knows that the percentage of these guys that are drafted as quarterbacks that are going to be the guy is like minimal. I like even the top five that got picked in the first round, I'd be surprised if more than one of them ends up being like even very good. Well, there's going to be a couple of, two, there's going to be some busts in there. Uh, Lawrence probably looks like Lawrence looks like the slam dunk, but is he going to be okay. a franchise guy that, that wins Super Bowls for you? He's certainly not any, like, I don't think he's considered the next best prospect uh, since Andrew Luck. Luck didn't win any Super Bowls either. Right. right? Yeah. Because you uh, wonder if the injury bug suddenly starts to hit and statistically, I think it is, Top of the first round is like 50%, or first round itself is 50% hit. The others are busts, right? So if you take two and a half of that five and throw them out the garbage, it's, you know, it's bad. Second round is like 20%. Third round is like 13% hit. And that's it. And you should expect that, that if you get one out of the 10, you're lucky. Which means that Mond is more than likely not going to mount a, a, a you know a mm. pile of, of of horse dung, uh, and uh, hopefully at least a good backup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, I mm. I think that I, when, I, when I look at Mond, I kind of look. I feel that I feel I'm making some like Dak Prescott is kind of comes to mind to me, right? Like as a right. not that, that they're the, the same. Guys he was cop to, believe it or not. He, yeah, like not that they're the same kind of players, but uh, their college resume was pretty similar, right? Like they, mm-hmm. a guy, both guys had a, a, a high number of, of they'd started a long time 
at in college football, pretty much close to four years starters where they were. So a lot of tape on them. Uh, great leaders, hard workers. Uh, they were um, both good runners uh, and had strong arms. And actually, Mon's arm was, con- was considered stronger than Dak Prescott's, and I don't think Prescott's got too shabby an arm either. Uh, but you know, but they they had accuracy and consistency issues coming in. Uh, they both of both of those guys really their junior and senior years were the years that they really stepped mm-hmm. up their play and 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 they improved. Uh, Prescott had better accuracy numbers than Mon, but both of them had accuracy issues. I think both of them are coming into a situation where they got an established starter ahead of them who has a reputation for not winning big games or in playoff games, and. The, so that's good for them. I think so. The, the situations are similar. Uh, I'm, like Dan was saying, I, he hopes Mon doesn't see the field this year, and I don't either. In, in Prescott's case, he got put in there by default, but ended up playing mm-hmm. so well that you know Romo him. never got. Yeah. yeah, Romo ended up getting Wally pipped, and that's I, I don't see that happening with Mon. But uh, the, you know the big concerns are, of course, like like you say, the, the mechanical issues and the fact that or the footwork issues and the fact that Mond is was considered very mechanical in the pocket, needs to get better reading plays, and uh, I don't know those things. I think are you for a guy who is such a uh, film junkie and so coachable and such a great leader you kind of wonder why that stuff didn't get ironed out at the college level and can it get ironed out at the pro level right and well i think i think stuff like that can at the college level it's slightly different game less talent so you can make up for stuff um he's got to nail it this time and it may be the difference in coaches let's hope spawn of kubiak will, you know, bring him up to play at least at Kirk Cousins' level and then add in the the things that Mond has on top of that, the mobility, um, the leadership, uh, things like that. On top of that, if he does, we've got a successful quarterback waiting in the wings. And that's what I'm hoping the Vikings have. Also... Nobody wants to see him play this year. I want to see him play week 18 because we have already secured our playoff spot. But that's me. I'm a little homerism on that one. So, yeah, the, biased. the uh, context is, uh, of course, important, mm-hmm. too, with Mond. You know, look at Mac Jones got picked in the middle of the first round. But look who he's playing with. Like, oh, like yeah. there were six guys on the offense of uh the six guys got drafted that he played with on offense and four of them were in the first round uh, uh it you know like mac jones is thrown to wide open receivers got tons of time to throw the ball every game even against the best teams uh kellen mond who what offensive players were drafted besides him one guy and it was like dan moore the second who's an offensive guard that has to play into things too. Like not that Texas A&M is like chicken liver, but they didn't have the same, he didn't have the same supporting cast as Mac Jones had or Trevor Lawrence had or right. Justin Fields had. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that it'll always be interesting, of course, Dave is like the whole thing about the Vikings had an opportunity to trade up and get Justin Fields. This mm-hmm. is the most important position in football they decided the Bears ended up making the trade. They traded their their 20th pick 
and the fifth this year, and they traded next year and the fourth next year to get Justin Fields. I, the Vikings must have been able to, like the Vikings could have traded their 14th to the Giants, and they had like multiple third and fourth rounders they could have traded this year, and they could have traded next year's first and whatever else. Like uh, they, I'm sure they, they obviously decided that it wasn't. Well, my sources said the team was asking for uh, 20. 22 first rounders and Spielman and the crew said, no, we're not giving you a future first round pick. And that that's what killed it. They were willing to give the 14th and whatever else, but they weren't willing to give next year's first rounder. And that's what killed the deal with the Vikings. Well, and uh, if, if fields ends up being like the, the bears franchise quarterback for the next 15 years, the Vikings are going to be ruining that decision. Well, as we'll grouse to about a, it. Or if yeah, Mac yeah. Jones develops, because Mac Jones was available at our spot as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Vikings like Mac Jones. Um, no. From what I, I understand, they didn't. They prefer Mond over Jones. But yeah, because um, they view Jones as just a basic version of Kirk Cousins. It's... Uh, Whereas Mon gives the intangibles of being able to move and being better in leadership and such. Whereas they feel Mac Jones needs everything perfect, just like Kirk Cousins does. But yeah, there will that'll be that's the trade that's going to be mm-hmm. the Vikings are gonna be the you know, who made the right choice there. And who's uh, gonna live with it for the next ten years. Yep. You know, if you're again, yeah, if 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 quarterback's the number, the most important position in football, you would think that if you you really wanted to get Justin Fields, uh, you're willing to to sweeten, you know, beat the the Bears' offer, especially when they're playing in your division. We did not do that. We decided, like Matt Collar said, we kind of took a half measure and said we'll roll with Cousins and we'll bring in Mond, who we like, but we're going to get him later than than Fields. Mm-hmm. And not have to trade any picks away or draft capital away to do that, and we'll try to develop them. That's what they've done, and we'll see how it works out. Of course, the uh, as you say, the percentages of a third rounder quarterback working out are not very good. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean, but there. as I said before, they're there, and I and I love the pick when they made it where they made it. Uh, would I have loved them trading back for fields? I'm one of those guys who likes to like. I hate trading draft capital for guys, but you know when you get Jared Allen and trade some draft picks and hey, then it's worth it. Then it's worth it. Maybe Justin Fields is going to be like the Jared Allen equivalent at quarterback. If that's the case, um, the Vikings are going to be (laughs) regretful, you know, very regretful. But with Fields going to Chicago, we have the hope that Nagy ruins another quarterback. And then, yeah, or it's just the Chicago thing, but I think the, You got to. Yeah, it doesn't you, matter who had coaches. <laughs> look at how look at how the Bears approached it, though. And I don't like. Usually, I'm not a big Ryan Pace supporter, and I don't think everybody in Chicago is. But like, they traded Trubisky. What was he like? The first, or he was like the fourth overall pick, or something. They traded yeah. up to get him. Four years, they came to the determination he's not the right guy. Let him go. Now they trade up to get Fields. Uh, they weren't satisfied with with bringing Trubisky back or even bringing Foles, you know, right. going with Nick Foles. They felt they were going to swing for the fences and try to get the guy who's going to be the guy for the next 
decade and a half, and we see with the way quarterbacks are these days, that some of them can, if they, you know, they can stick around for 20 years, even mm-hmm. if, if they take care of their bodies well and they get protected well. So very interesting how the Bears have approached the quarterback situation the past four or five years and how the Vikings have approached it. Uh, we we're, we seem to be fine with Cousins and what he does, uh, and uh, and the Bears were not fine with Trubisky and what he does, even though Trubisky has taken his team to the playoffs twice in his four years, and Kirk has taken the Vikings to the playoffs once in his three. Speaking of protection, mm-hmm. all right, everybody talks about Protection is needed for Kirk Cousins. Protection will obviously be good for any quarterback, Kellen Mond. The what happened, and we dropping down from fourteen to twenty-four or whatever it was. Um, and Anthony has talked about this. Is we picked up two with that trade, two linemen that look to start. First is Christian Darisaw, which I know we want to talk about. And the second is Wyatt Davis. Both most likely will be uh, looking to be started this year. So, Christian Darisol, what do you think of him being drafted? Well, I love the pick because, you know, especially where we got him, but huge human being. Uh, he is a mobile. Like I'm not a college, you know. I'm just going by the scouting reports and the and the highlights that I see. But hey, man, uh, this guy is huge, but can move like you wouldn't believe for a guy his size. And didn't give up a sack last year, I don't think at all. No, uh, and he can, yeah, he can move. the The highlights show a guy that he doesn't just block at the line of scrimmage on running plays. He's into the linebackers, even cornerbacks, and just throwing them like they're like paperweights mm-hmm. off to the side. So I don't know if this guy doesn't work out, it'll be a huge surprise. I think his, like his ceiling would be like an, like a, just a solid starter for 10 years at left tackle, but he could potentially be a guy who's a dominant all pro type guy. So loved him. And beyond the, the Darisol, the, the two, there's a couple other draft picks that, I'm really interested to see what happens. And one of them is Wyatt Davis because mm-hmm. he was a guy that was potentially like a late first rounder, if you read it, or at least definitely second rounder. And we got him, you know, not early, not so early in the third. Uh, two-time All-American, I believe, at Ohio State. Right. Had some inju- injury issues with the knee uh, and year. stuff last year. But uh, he's a guy that if uh, he gets his mitts on you, you're, you're, you're not – getting away from him and he's playing inside so he's going to be able to get his mitts on guys i think the uh, and uh, i just think about how young the like davis is not a starter yet but if 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 what happened what we think happens happens is that they move cleveland over to left guard and mm-hmm. keep Davis at right guard, then Cleveland's going to knock Dakota Dozier out as a starter, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm fine. I'm fine with Dozier being a backup. That's what he should be. Uh, good depth, but you'd have the, Davis starting. So we could have an offensive line that's got two rookies, Darisaw, Davis, a second year guy in Cleveland, and then you got a third round, third year guy in Bradbury, and then the old guy is O'Neill, O'Neal. just going into his fourth year. Uh, that that is worrisome, I guess, in some ways because it's such a could be such a young offensive line, and we hear about offensive linemen need time to mm-hmm. to develop. But 
I, I don't see how Davis and Cleveland at guard won't be an upgrade over what what was there last year well, in the past two know, years. You know they're an upgrade, and uh, yeah. and I I see the line has gotten much better, and like you said, it's young. And if young, these guys young and, young and cheap, young and cheap, and if these guys gel, and it takes especially in today's NFL where you don't have like way back when when you had six preseason games or. Even last year when you had four, well, year before when you had four preseason games, these guys, once they get into the groove, if they gel, if they work out, if Bradbury takes that necessary step and doesn't get forklifted back into Cousins' lap every time, right, because he has two better guards beside him and all those guys gel, what could be, what has been a deficit in the virtually all of Zimmer's term, except for maybe 2014, now could be a strength. And with that strength, the offense goes from top 10-ish. Can they take that next step? Because Cousins will have time, better pass blocking. Uh, Dalvin Cook will have even better run blocking. Hey, put Darisaw in front of me. I can run all day behind that right because he's a big man and same with Wyatt Davis Wyatt Davis if you look at the rookie picture the rookie class vikings.com put up yesterday Wyatt Davis is not small he's a big guy we know Ezra's big and we know O'Neal's big the only small one on the group is Bradbury so and we know how well he can downfield block Bradbury's awesome at run blocking it's his pass blocking that is, is the issue so Dalvin Cook, if he stays healthy or with, you know, rotation or whatever, because Dalvin Cook had a heavy workload last year, he did. He could have a great season. And but hopefully we're passing more and not always running, especially in predictable times. But I think the offensive line will do good for both that run and pass, which of course helps the offensive production take some weight off the defense. The defense has improved. The Vikings improve. So I'm looking forward to Darisaw. The only thing I have seen and read about Darisaw that bothers me a little bit, and I'm sure it's going to be coached out of him, is that he tends to, once he wins his battle, he tends to quit. Right? And a lot of times... The defender, the play gets um, off script and the running back or receiver or whatever has to double back. And that defender he had now makes the play because he quit and he's not watching, right? He needs to go to the whistle. And I think that will be emphasized to him no matter what. You go to the whistle and you bury guys. And he has the ability to bury guys. And what's he does that, that's infectious across the entire line, and things get going. I that's that's what I'm foreseeing in this upcoming season. Uh, that was, yeah, the uh, Derisaw, I think the yeah, the main knock on him was finishing, mm-hmm. that he didn't always finish. That, I, that also, I remember, was one of 
Matt Khalil's problems. Yes. He'd be like, he'd be like uh, great at the initial point. He'd stop the guy, but then he would stop playing. Oh, my job is done. And then the guy would hustle and then get a sack or make a tackle. And then mm-hmm. Khalil stand around with his pants <laughs> down around his ankles, you know, but uh-huh. if he just kept on playing to the whistle, there wouldn't, there wouldn't have been any sack or tackle for a loss, but he would almost always do that. Uh, and then as, as injuries piled up on him, it, that wasn't just the only issue with him. Everything right. was an issue. And then right. that's why, why he's no longer a Viking or not even playing in the league anymore. Anyone. I don't think yeah. it, but, but yeah, but offensive line, it's uh, the only, the talent. I don't have any questions about the talent that there's right. That's there right now. The only question that is the inexperience and how long, especially if you got two rookies starting on the line, if that's how it ends up being, uh, how are they, are they going to, the how are they going to adjust to the NFL playing against the big boys and right away? Because the Vikings early season schedule is not terribly difficult. I would say right. it's going to be important for them. if They're going to make the playoffs to do like a four and two, five and one out of that. And if the offensive line is, and you've got a young offensive line and the rookies aren't getting it done quite yet, that's going to impact Cousins' play. It's going to impact Cook's play. It's going to impact Madison's play when he's in there. It's, it's, and we don't know yet how much improved the defense is going to be, whether they're going to be able to make up for any of that. But uh, really, when you're, you're young and you've got guys that aren't used to playing in the league and it's on the offensive line, that could spell some issues early on in the year. I don't have, right. I don't have concerns long-term, but certainly in Short the – term. That's why I like looking at the schedule. The the schedule before the bye in week seven is a little, I don't want to say it. Um, yeah, well, that's the look, thing about schedules, right? What if looks you're looking like at strength and schedules now. and who we're playing now, it's the time, it, it affords that offensive line time to gel. I mean, they can play well and still make mistakes, and I think they can overcome them. It's after the bye we go into a stretch where it's going to be brutal, and they need to be on. And hopefully they've figured it out by then. And I, but I like the way this schedule is set up that way. Specifically, I think it provides them that little cushion of time at the beginning. And if all goes well, that they finish, you know, going into the bye Four and two, five and one, and uh, I. That's that's what I hope. So yeah, and that's what I Absolutely. see. So we'll see. Yeah, that's a. It, it, it is a big we'll see type thing, especially because <laughs> there'll be what three preseason games this year, or three going three. to just yeah. three. And, uh, and of course, the first one is a throwaway because it's all going to be after the first two series. There's most of the guys playing are going to be. Or, our, or maybe they won't. Maybe they won't approach it that way because they have one less. I don't know. I don't know. The first one is uh, against Denver in Minneapolis. We, Minneapolis might see the return of Teddy Bridgewater, or who knows? They might see Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> then the second one is Indy in in, the, in Minneapolis at U.S. Bank. And then we go on the road for the third one, which is usually the big game. However, we don't know if it's going to be treated as the big game or as the fourth game to Kansas City. And uh, I do expect that will be the final tune-up game, but 
we'll see. We don't know how, like I said, this is a three-game preseason. We don't know how they're going to run it because it's new. Very new for all of us, for sure. Hmm. Davis, so Davis pretty excited about him, also excited about Chaz Surratt. Uh, like really interested to see what Zimmer and the Vikings do with him. The, uh, weird kind of guy, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel that way, but we all know he was a quarterback and then he switched to right. linebacker. But just looking at him on tape, he looks like a safety to me. Like he does not. I do too, the tweener type. Yeah, like, like he Kirsch is... was. He's big enough to be a linebacker, but he more of a safety type. But he's My, like he's listed six two two twenty something. But if you look at him on, like he looks like a safety or even like a thick corner in a lot of right. ways. Not not like, but not linebackers. Like but I've gotten small. That's that's right. That's they're changing too. But hey, can't argue with the production at North Carolina. Like six point five sacks. What you know? Like great closing speed. Even though he's not big, I didn't see any issues on, of course, again, in their highlights, they don't show like the bad plays as much, right. but I didn't see, he didn't see any issues with him having to take down. Like he's taking down guys as on contact. It's not like they're dragging him for three or four yards after he, you know, or after he gets them. I'm really interested to see what Zimmer is going to do with this dude and how he's going to like, what's he going to like, is he going to be like a blitz guy? looks like he can cover. He can blitz. He seems to be able to do it all. But the only are they going to groom he... him like Anthony Barr? Is he going to be an Anthony Barr sort of clone to replace Anthony Barr next year? In which case, he won't be blitzing. <laughs> <laughs> no, Barr blitz. Barr yeah, blitzes, but Barr blitzes when it's against running backs and not against tackles. Um, yeah, but... tackles on Barr. But Barr owns running backs and receivers and people that leave him wide open. It's as well he should. As well he should. Um, He's six five and like two forty, two fifty. Yeah, and that's that's where I more see Surratt going. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's it's a chance. I, you guarantee the Vikings select a fourth round linebacker in almost every draft. But in the meantime, it's special teams. As I keep telling people, people get into the day three drafts. Right? Well, what do you do with yeah. this guy? Does this guy have a future? What do you do with this? You got to think of, especially in that first year, day three is special teams. Period. These guys are being drafted to help on special teams. Special teams last year, we sucked. We were like 31st out of 32 teams. We sucked on putt returns, kick returns, putt coverage, kick coverage. We sucked across the board. Hunting, place kicking. I mean, there just was, it just, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 uh, we sucked. And I think if you view most of those day three guys, look at those day three guys and go, how will they help special teams? And hopefully they'll develop into their main positions after that. But how will they help special teams? You look at a guy like Surratt and you're, this dude looks like he's going to be a hell of a gunner and he's going to work great. You'll look at um, Wang Chung, uh, Nene Nguangwe, or whatever his name is. I'm not looking at it right now. Um, um, the athletic ability is off the charts. Hopefully he can return. He, he, told, he told himself he wanted to be the best kick returner in college, and he wants to be the best kick returner in the NFL. Hey, 
by all means, do it. Yeah. Hopefully you can also return punts because kicks are becoming less relevant with most of the kicks going through the end zone. But if you can return punts at that level, oh yeah, baby, right? Yep. And you look at these players, and if they can do that and they can contribute there and increase our special teams so we have better field position, right, which helps the offense, which helps the defense, right, it all works together to help get better. And that's where I view these day three guys as. After this season, we could say, hey, Wang Chung, he's he's a good number three back. We can finally say goodbye to Amir Abdullah, and he steps into that role like Mike Boone sort of type deal, right? Surratt can step up as, hey, I'm now the number three linebacker or number or move into a bar spot, you know, in 2022, or whatever it is. But for this season, 2021, look at your day three guys as special teamers and where they contribute there, and then base your evaluations off of that. And if they're good at special teams, we've got our value. Mm. Yep. So. Anthony was asking about, if we see Gladney, which would which segues nicely the into the third, into like the final final mm-hmm. topic, which is the, the whole Hughes trade, and I guess if um, my uh, I wasn't really too optimistic, and not that I I don't even really care all that much because of what Gladney has done, <laughs> whether he's back or not. But if if he is going to be back, he's definitely going to be. If he plays, he's he's in line for like a a, bet, a six. Yeah, like he's he's in line for like yeah. What is it? Four to six games. He's going to be. He's oh. going to be out for, you know, off-field well, conduct. Gladney, yeah. Well, no, I think if it's NFL punishes it, yeah, I think it's four to six games, something like that. But we'll see. And I know they asked Zimmer in his press conference here yesterday, the day before, about him. Last question about Gladly, and he says, "Ah, we're going to let the process work." And well, that's that's, what, that's what they have to say. That's what um, they got to say. You know, they asked, does asked he know anything questions? about it, and and he he obviously did, but he's got to say we got to let the process work. So, yeah, that's you're only going to get yourself into trouble if you start right. making statements about legal situations. So just shut up, and people they're going to ask the question, and you're going to say uh, no comment, um, and that's or, all right. Yeah. But I, but I think that the, the whole the trading Hughes makes it me. Uh, and it was it's not, I'm not the first person to think this. It was mentioned earlier that they must feel that Gladney will be on the field at some point this year or else you wouldn't get rid of him. Right. Uh, and it's, and uh, there's still quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks out there like Jason Verrett, uh, like uh, Nicole Roby Coleman, who are still free agents as far as I'm aware, who are guys that you, you think would have some value to the Vikings. Uh, and there's a few others as well. Uh, they're all getting up there in age, getting into their, they're in the 29, 30 age range. And some of the guys that are free agents are much older than that. Uh, like Dakar's, Darquez Denard, who we always thought Zimmer was going to sign, but he, he never ends up here. But I think that if, if Gladney was a goner from the organization and or for the year that they probably wouldn't have been got rid of Hughes. Um, Having said that, um, 
Hughes being gone really, and with Gladney's situation being up in the air, it really makes it quite clear that it's going to be Peterson, Dantzler, and Mac Alexander mm-hmm. are the top three. And right. that's probably the way it should have rolled, was going to roll anyway. Right. Uh, but that's, that's probably, that's baked in but the cake But with Gladney now. and Hughes, you had at least backup that you know could play inside or outside. There you go. And exactly. You don't have you you don't have Hughes anymore, and you might not have Gladney for half the year. So that so what do you got left? You got who you got Chris Boyd and Harrison Hand. Mm-hmm. And there's another guy there. I would have to look up his name, but he's they did. They did yeah. Well, and they they signed a couple of corners as undrafted free agents. Uh, Henderson kid, Henderson kid, and somebody else. Both of the. Um, I was just reading up on it, unless they, unless I missed something, but uh, this is what I saw. They, they're like two rangy, like six corner, six one, uh, that um, like long arms and stuff, but uh, not the fastest dudes. I There's probably nothing's going to come of those guys, but right now, outside of the top three, uh, the Vikings depth, which would have looked pretty decent if you had Gladney and Hughes in mm. the mix. And now you don't have Hughes and you might not have Gladney. Now it's a lot different when Chris it's Boyd is the, yeah. could be the next guy stepping up if somebody gets hurt. And there's always corners are always getting dinged up. So not the greatest depth situation. And that's unfortunately a bit of a common theme throughout most of the Vi- this Vikings roster is that the depth is not all that great unless – some of the draft picks from last year and this year start to step up. Step up. Uh, so far, we have no evidence of that happening. But that that's that's where, yeah, yeah Anthony, I could definitely see glad he's going to see the field this year. It's just a matter of when the NFL discipline and the legal process allows him to do that. There was there was never, I guess, there was never any. Even though I was fine with the Vikings getting rid of him, the fact that he was their thir- the 31th overall pick last year. That means he was just going to – the Vikings were not going to toss him unless he did something, like, even worse than what he's already done. Well, he uh, he may go to jail, and if that's the case, yeah. we obviously don't have him. Yeah, but, that's right, yeah. But speaking of 30, 30th, 31st pick, Mike Hughes, who was drafted late in the first round a few years ago and then has started, I think, seven games, something like that, his whole three years, he's played in more, but he's totally oh, yeah. start, because Mike Zimmer doesn't like to start rookie corners. But then he got injured with the ACL and then the neck injury, then the neck injury. And as we learned this week, he was traded to Kansas City. And the only thing the Vikings got was an upgraded seventh next year to a sixth. And if you figure Kansas City's going to be in contention for the AFC, right? That's going to be a a very low sixth, right? Bottom of the round sixth. That's not much of an upgrade just to get rid of him. Yes, he had a $1.8 million salary. But when you put somebody else in and when the whole formula, he saves about 1.2. Now, could that one point to be used in an extension for O'Neal or Hunter, sure. But the question is, why would you give up that depth? There's got to be, to me, I asked this week, there's got to be a story behind that, 
rather than his injury issues. What do you think? Um, we didn't really know what plans they had for Hughes, right? So even right. Uh, even uh, they were bringing him. Well, they're not bringing him back, but he was still well, on the roster. They, they denied the fifth-year extension. Yeah, but that was that was a guarantee, mm-hmm. right? Based on right. on his injury history and his his performance. But yeah, I I didn't really look at it as what's the story behind it. I looked at it more as a they didn't see a role for him. He was going to be the fifth cornerback. Uh, either no matter how it all shook out and they're like well let's try to get some value for him if we can and obviously when you've got a guy with Hughes's track record when he's played he hasn't played really well and he hasn't really played a whole whole lot uh, you're not going to get very much for that person even if they were a former first rounder so I think they just decided to cut their losses I don't know if it's uh, it, it was it was funny that they and I don't know, there, there was a few people who seemed to be a bit upset with the trade. But on the other hand, when he was played, everybody was like, guy sucks. Why is he in there? So well, he, he had, sucks. He had flashes and of being really talented. Then and him, then there was other times. Why do you want him on like, the team? Yeah. I don't know. His you only flash was, uh, yeah, I just, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, a bad miss by the Vikings. Uh, I, I'm sure we could look at the second round. Of, of the 2018 draft and go, well, geez, they could have had this guy and they could have had this guy and they could have had this guy yeah, and they could have had this guy. And they, you, can't do that. you know, it always is. It always is, but it's it's always sometimes fun to do those things. <laughs> and and uh, But it'll just be, I don't know, was there some sort of other backstory, the reason why they got rid of Hughes? Um, know. You know, it's it's a it's a theory to, to throw around there, especially when you, you kind of look at now that he's gone and you don't know if, what Gladney's status is, who are the people that are behind him and it's not a whole hell of a lot um you know no, nobody with any established track record anyway mm-hmm. and you know if somebody like peterson or dantzler and gets hurt and dantzler missed five games last year um then you're sticking in somebody to play as a third corner who you probably would rather not play yeah harrison Hale. like 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 a chris jones who or somehow Boyd. was or re-signed Jones. yes somehow got signed Apparently, Chris Jones is with the Tennessee Titans. He got signed by the Titans. I thought the Titans were smarter than that. <laughs> hey, every team makes its mistakes, some more than others, and it is what it I is. Guess, I guess just because they signed Jones doesn't mean he's going to stick with the team. True. The, the, he's got to make the team, and he's got to make it probably on special teams. So we'll see. You know, it, yeah. it happens. Hey, it doesn't mean Hughes makes Kansas City. No, it doesn't. Although they they don't have when it comes, they don't have a whole lot of cornerback depth over there either. So he probably uh, will, and he's relatively cheap. So that if he's healthy, if he's healthy, and if he passes the physical, I don't know if he's passed the physical yet. So, and the Vikings may have said, "Hey, we're not going to risk it. We're sending him." And Kansas City said, "Hey, doctors, we check him out. He looks good." And it could be as simple as that. So, yep. But it does make for some, uh, again, some interesting times in the in the cornerback unit for the Vikings. Um, you would like to be confident about the the backups you have. I don't think that we can say that we are confident about. No, that. we got to root for the starters to stay healthy all mm-hmm. season long, and it's going to seem long. it's going to seem long because of the eighteen week, seventeen games, 
Now, the game about when you consider preseason is the same. It's still 20 games. But when they count, they're playing in that one more that counts. And you hope they yeah. stay healthy all that time and then hopefully deep into the playoffs. That's the hope, Dave. Yep. Rest at the end of February. Rest at the end of February. That's right. Mm-hmm. But, hey, you think you don't have anything to talk about? And here we are an hour into the show, and uh, and uh, we're still gabbing. Yep. Well, but with that, any last words? No, the only last words would be, uh, I don't know. This will be, this is like a May and June are going to be interesting times, right? Uh, what what's going to happen? Like there probably won't be a whole lot of roster additions or or deletions at this point. Um, you never know. There's a little room they could, but who is the question? We're not going to really know until training camp, like how the rookies look in more in in a little bit more serious. I shouldn't say serious, but more of the kind of more. Ev- situations where you can actually evaluate what these dudes actually can do and cannot do. So we're, it'll be, uh, we'll have to be very creative. I think Dave and coming up with our topics. Oh, I I think we'll have no problem. We got more OTAs coming up. Um, the veterans are going to show up. Most of them, uh, the, the union says no, don't, but I think most of them will, especially with the injury deal that, um, the tackle on Denver busted his Achilles, and they said, "Ah, we're not paid for it. It wasn't a sponsored workout." So I think we're going to see more of those. Plus, it's the more the rookies show up, and all of them showed up, the more they get in front of the coaches, and the more likelihood they have of taking that veteran's job. So the veteran's going to show up. I expect most everybody to show up for OTAs. They're going to cook along as the summer goes along. And then we'll get a brief period during the middle of July when everything stops. But then we get into training camp. So it'll be good. We'll have stuff. Trust me. We'll have stuff to talk about. Somebody on the Vikings will do something stupid, and we'll uh, we'll get to talk about that too. Oh, yes. I don't know what that stupid thing is going to be, but I'm sure. Driving 120 miles an hour down interstate, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Could happen. Could happen. With that, that's my final words. <laughs> with that, everybody, continue to have a great weekend. Stay positive. We think the Vikings are going to have a great year, Arthur. So does Arthur. Yep. And skull! Skull, baby! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. <laughs>